stuff like that and people buy tickets and you get there and half the stadium seems empty and you're like, why didn't anyone want to sit over there? What's wrong with over there? Well, now I'm, leaning, I'm already leaning this way and now I've only got one hand to speak with. Like, it's going to be really hard for me. <laughs> um, I think Mel said it all when it came to our break. It was really lovely um, to get away, to be, um, to be honest. In the last time we were there, we, we're creatures of habit. We often go to the same place when we get away just because of the heat. But in the last 12 months, one cafe in that area closed, but four opened. What does that tell you? If you're not a coffee drinker, you're not saved. No, no, sorry, no. Okay, that's not true. It's not true. But it does mean that coffee obviously is very important to many people's lives and um, that made my life all so much better. Um, in fact, we arrived there on, on the Saturday um, and within three hours of arriving there um, so that my fortnight would, I guess, move forward with some momentum I was on social media, I was on Facebook buy, swap and sell and I bought myself a coffee machine for my stay there. Yes, I am a coffee snob. No, it was not a pod machine. That is not a coffee machine. Anyway, now that I've offended everyone uh, and talked about all of that, it was really lovely being away because um, being away from you all... No, it's not... It's not coming out right, is it? No. It was really lovely being away with family, but we did miss being here. Um, you always miss your home church. We visited friends, and they've got a lovely church. It's a thriving church. But there's something about home. There's something about your own bed, your own pillow, your own seats, your own music, your own people. And so it, it is really lovely to be back. So we're going to jump into something today that I don't talk about often. I just feel as though uh, it's probably needed in Christianity today. You find that wherever you go, there are doctrines and people talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, and at the moment, there's that wonderful ultra grace message that's around, you know, that God loves, you know, the, the great, we know the grace of God, but that he loves us so much that you can do anything, anything, anything you want. It really doesn't matter. And there's some other stuff that goes along with that that I, I probably don't necessarily agree with uh, entirely because um, what I want to talk about today is something that I grew up with. Where I, when I got saved, I got saved um, in a cultish church. Now, it wasn't a cult. was not a cult. still operates today. But we were like, I'm digging a hole here. We're like the exclusive brethren. You know, you only spent time with each other. Yeah, you only sort of... Everyone within that place sort of, as their kids grew up, they married somebody else's kids, you know. So it was a little bit cultish. And the thing that made it so special, or at least it seemed at the time, was we had the message that every other Christian church needed, every other believer needed. Didn't matter if you were a church of 10,000. If you didn't have this message, then you weren't really walking with the Lord the way that you should. That message is captured in one word, holiness. God's holiness but there's something beautiful about his holiness. Excuse me for just a minute. So, that's where I want to go today. I want to talk about his holiness. I want to talk about something that really helps us walk with the Lord, helps us see the Lord, 
encourages us. Who knows that Christianity can be really tough? Yeah? Yeah. There is one particular message I had at the moment, and is that that's Christianity so easy that if you have any burden whatsoever, then you're not walking with the Lord. If you're having difficulty making any dis- decision, then you're actually not trusting in Him. And there's a real truth that there is no one like our God in every circumstance, season, situation that we go through in life. And I only have to look at the news and what happened in Tasmania with those children, (laughs) knowing that some of those would be in Christian families that believe that God is a good God. You cannot tell me that they're just swimmingly walking their faith out at the moment without some form of difficulty in holding on, in questioning, yeah? So any doctrine that suggests that coming to faith makes life easy, really, um, I don't agree with. What I do agree with is that no matter what I go through, my father is there to support me, to help me, that I have a family that will pick me up and that when I am not able to walk, yeah, he will pick me up and he'll take me the rest of the way. That I do believe, 100%. That he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. Yeah, That he's faithful to the very end, even if it's our end. <laughs> so, with that in mind, <laughs> I want to suggest today that sometimes having faith, walking out our faith, requires effort. There's a word we don't like to talk about in church. Effort requires effort on our part because sometimes it can be hard. It's not about salvation. Our salvation is secure. God locked it all up. He tied it all up on the cross, yeah? He did the work. I don't have to do anything. But sometimes (laughs) it just requires an effort to believe and walk by faith. So, Father, Lord, I just pray that (laughs) the words I have on paper, Lord, there will be some uh, sense of normality, sanity, some uh, rhythm that we can walk into, that God, in this season, even coming up into Christmas and all, all that it has for us and into the new year and all that it's holding for us, Father, that, Lord, one thing that we know, that we can hold fast in you, that regardless of our faith at the moment, Lord God, I know that we can have a deeper relationship, that we can have a more intimate relationship. Father, I know that you long, Lord, you long for your children to spend time with you and to be with you. So, Lord, this morning, God, I pray that you would bless us so, that you would encourage us so, that if you have to, Lord God, Holy Spirit, that you challenge us so, but that we would walk away from this place, Lord, transformed, shaped, molded, cut, pruned, more into the image of Jesus than when we first walked in. So, Lord God, have your way this morning, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Hebrews 12, 14. So it'll be on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. I'm reading from the NIV in general, not always. Um, Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. And that's an awesome little scripture but see what does it mean 
I reckon it sounds important. You know, without holiness, no one can see the Lord. So I'm thinking, because I think it's important, I think we should have a look at, for it, you know, for ourselves, maybe be reminded, maybe be inspired. Because I don't think it's a message that I don't believe, not in my circles anyway, that we hear often. And it seems that the word itself, holiness, the word itself seems to be frightening for a lot of people. And holiness, really, it's talking about being set apart, you know, being set apart. But it seems, for me, it's become a bad word in Christian circles. It's almost as if it's become a slur, you know. And many choose not to speak about it. Yet, as much as grace is the word of the moment in churches, so should holiness be. Because God is not one or the other. He's actually both. Our Father is holy. And yet He's full of grace. And His holiness is something that's so unique, so, so, so beautiful, that even the throne that He sits on is holy. Yeah? Everything about him is holy. Psalm 47, 8 says, God reigns above the nations, sitting on his holy throne. His holiness is even holy. Now you've got to think about that for a minute. That even his holiness is holy. It's like this. Water is wet. Dear Fred. Yeah, dear Fred. Even his holiness is holy. Everything about him and and. His holiness is holy and we as believers, we get to share. Yeah, you've got to understand this. You and I get to share in his holiness. Hebrews 12.10 says, They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. But it's not always easy, is it? I mean, Scripture itself confirms it. Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. We just read that God disciplines us for our own good. And then it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been tra tra trained by it. Trained by it. Now this idea for me, the idea of being in pursuit, in pursuit towards becoming more holy is something that for us should be so should be on the forefront of our minds but in Christianity today it's almost as if it's non-essential it's not important and I think that's because whenever we talk about holiness and being holy it's it's always associated with rules and commands and for you for me that makes often makes me feel like I can't measure up that makes a lot of Christians feel like that they can't measure up. They can't measure up to his, his holiness. It's, it's too hard. And we live in an age where you can't tell me what to do. Yeah? Hey? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know, right? You can't tell me what, I'm not doing that. You can't tell me what, no way. Drive at 60, should be able to do 120 here. You can't tell me what to do. Some people don't put coffee in your sugar. You're ruining the coffee. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to ruin my coffee anyway and put two sugars. 
people, we just live in an age where people don't like to be told what to do. And when we think about God's holiness, because we often think about do's and don'ts, we come to this place where you can't tell me what to do. Let's just put that aside. It's all too hard. But here's where some of the messages we hear today, I believe, stumble. The ultra grace message, yeah? So the minute you imply that anything in faith requires anything from us, then it, they suggest that it can't be right. So it's not by our effort. And our salvation is not. Receiving his love is not. But his faith, or, or, and this faith that we live, it's a relationship. It, it, it's a partnership. It, it's a two-way thing, yeah? It's a team effort, and we just happen to be teaming up with the creator of the universe. And this is where these messages stumble because even though we, we don't have to do anything to be saved, we don't have to do anything for his love because it was him that found value in us, him that found us worthy of enough when we were unworthy to still send his son while we were sinners, yeah? He chose to call us his sons and daughters. The truth is it takes a lot more effort, yeah, to grow in our holiness than it does, yeah, than it does to react to our flesh. It takes a lot more effort to grow in our holiness than it does in life to react to our flesh, to our body. It takes more effort to choose God's way rather than man's way, yeah? It, it takes more effort to be like Jesus than it does to be who we are without Jesus. And the reality is today, in a Christianity that's becoming, you know, liberal, more liberal, and we're all on, the truth is we're all on different levels of that scale, yeah? Each and every one of us sort of sit at different places. That you and I are still called to be a holy nation. You and I are still called to be a holy people. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into this wonderful light. Man, I love this. After all, Jesus is coming back for his holy bride, isn't he? And without compromise. You can read that in Ephesians. Holy means pure. It means blameless. It means sacred. It means set apart. It means consecrated. Our translation for holiness comes from the Hebrew word kodosh. It means to cut. To be holy means to be cut off or, or separate from everything else. It means, I love this one, it means to be in a class of your own. Distinct from anything that's ever existed or will ever exist. Kadosh means right, a means to be entirely morally pure all the time and in every way possible. That's Kadosh, that's where our word holy and holiness comes from. So Abba, Father God, our Daddy, He's morally pure. He's so pure that it's beautiful. He's blameless, He's sacred, God is holy. It's who He is. He's 
holy in all that he does. Even God's anger is holy. It's really quiet here. There's a quote from Tim Mackey. Tim Mackey's part of the Bible Project. And he says, in trying to capture what holiness means, he says, so a good way to think about God's holiness is to think about the sun as a metaphor. Yeah? Now, some of you would have heard this. The sun is unique. At least within our solar system, it's really powerful and the source of all this beautiful life on our planet. And so in the same way, you can say that God is holy as he is unique and unlike no other thing, in the same way that the sun gives life to everything on earth, God makes everything holy. He grants salvation to all those who believe. He goes on, he goes further, and he says the whole area around the sun is also holy because the closer you get to the sun, the more intense it gets. Really, here in Ballarat, you'd think we should be hotter here because we're higher up. Makes no sense, does it? We're an oxymoron just here in Ballarat. Anyway, that doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, he goes on and he says, And so the sun that generates all this life is also dangerous because if you get too close to the sun in our human condition, in our human bodies, it will annihilate us. And in the same way, if you are impure, his presence is dangerous to you. And not because it's bad, but because his holiness is so good. Pure, blameless, sacred, set apart, consecrated. His goodness is a reflection of his holiness. And sadly, I think in the world today, yeah, holiness has become a bad word because people think that it's his holiness that separates us from him. And in a sense, that's true because we live in a fallen flesh yeah we're no longer sinners saved by grace we were sinners saved by grace off camera but now on this side of the cross we're sons and daughters of God but in our bodies we still live in a fallen body The nature that you and I were born with stops us from being able to experience the fullness, all of God, all at once. Just as if we were to get too close to the sun, we would burn and melt. Now, before people correct my theology, <laughs> yes, 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 the veil has been torn. Yes, 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 yes. We walk into the holy of holies. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are, we are sons and daughters of the living God. You, cannot, you can be a sinner saved by grace. I was, but now I'm a son and daughter of God. Do I have the propensity to sin still? Yes, because I live in a fallen flesh. Why do we receive a new body? Because we live in a fallen flesh. This isn't going to heaven. It is so hard to describe. When the presence of God comes, when his presence comes, I remember once, and I'll try to share it like this, yeah? We were at a, a, a retreat. Um, my wife and I, back then, we were at a retreat. And, um, and I just remember we were worshipping, but there was a sense. 
at the time, and it could have been the words that we, singing, we were singing about the train of his robe filled the temple. And there was this moment where all of us, the presence of God was so heavy and thick. It was so wonderful, but we all just buckled. We were just like this, and we wanted more. And like, it was like, God, don't leave. But it was like, I, I can't even stand in his presence. It was so heavy. It was so holy, but it was so, it was so beautiful. If we actually think that we can take this fallen flesh and stand in the presence of a holy God, our spirit will survive, but our body won't. Yeah. God is holy. There's something so supernatural about him that people have stopped stepping into a place. There are men and women of God, some that have passed away and gone to glory that we still admire, some that are alive today. They're no different to you and I. But they've done something different in their life that they seem to be able to walk closer to God. You ever been with someone and you think, how do they hear from him so clearly? Why is that gift upon them? It's not because they're special. It's not because they've got a six-pack. It's not because they go to gym. Like, it's just not. It's not because they don't put chicken hearts in their bolognese sauce. That's another story. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Talk about it later. But if I was to, if I was to leave my sermon with saying, the sun is so hot that if you get too close to it, it will melt you, burn you. God is so holy that if you get too close, if you're impure, it'll melt you, burn you. None of us would be happy. Like, we just wouldn't be. <laughs> Praise God for that. We shouldn't be happy. We'd be disheartened, we'd be discouraged because we feel like we're being separated from God. But there's this connection between the grace we now live in and there's a connection with God's holiness and what he invites us into, Yeah? His message is an invitation to share in His holiness. We read that in Hebrews. Our condition of holiness is not what, what saves us. It's not, not what keeps us saved. Let's, let's make that very clear. It's through our faith that we're saved and we're made righteous. Yeah, And it's because we're now righteous that we're made holy. Hebrews 10.10 says, And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Amen. Another bit of truth is that you and I are continually, though, if holiness is being set apart, set apart's also being sanctified. You and I are continually being sanctified. Continually being sanctified. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm sanctified by his blood. Well, that's true. But let me explain it like this. Sanctification, that's to be set apart, to be free from sin. Sanctification is the Holy Spirit's work within us. And it's the Holy Spirit's work within us that makes us holy. So when the Holy Spirit creates and stirs faith inside of us, when the Holy Spirit starts to do that, He renews in us the image of God. And it's through that, through His power, that we then produce good works. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 2, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Being set apart, being sanctified, flows from being justified by Him. 
It's an ongoing process that will never be complete in our lifetime. Because we grow from glory to glory. We grow from strength to strength. We are transformed into the image of Jesus with ever, so forever, ever increasing glory. So every day that you and I are alive, we are more in the image of Jesus. Every single day until we die. But at this point, no one in this room and no one that's contacted me online has walked across water. Yeah. We are being transformed into the image of Jesus, but we'll never be perfected in that, in this body. Yeah. Now, as, as you and I are being transformed into the image of Jesus, it, it, the more holy we actually become, it... it it, sounds, it doesn't sound right because we're holy because of what he's done on the cross. But every day that we're shaped more into the image of Jesus, the more holy we become. The more Christ-like we become. And the more Christ-like we become, we actually get to share in his holiness. Every day we begin to see more of God and more of his glory as we're transformed into the image of his son. Every day, every day, you and I are more like Jesus. Every day we begin to see more of him. And that's the message for us here. It's an invitation to share in this holiness, in this beauty, in this purity, in this thing that's God and God alone. that can be found nowhere else. It's a journey. It's a journey. I, I want to be intentional in this journey. I want to be intentional about walking this out. And it's a, a journey that I think every believer should be intentionally wanting to walk out. Because if you and I are exactly like everybody else out there, what is it that is actually going to attract them to us? There should be something that sets us apart. The holiness isn't about what I can and can't do, but rather it's what I need to do so that I can experience more of God and more of his glory. I don't know about you, but I want to be closer to God. My wife will tell you that she wants to be closer to me, so I know there are things that I need to do, yeah? Is that, is that fair? If we're created in his image, why would we operate differently? I want to be his best friend. I, I want to see his face like Moses saw his face. I want to be able to shake his hand. Does that make any sense? I want to be so close to Father, so close to Abba. I want to hear his voice so clear every day, not just occasionally. I want to be so intimate with him that it requires me being clean, pure, if you will, yeah? And remember, it's, this is not about what you can do and what you can't do. You know, we, what are you willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to sacrifice in this coming year, in 2022, to be closer and more intimate with the King of Kings? 
what sacrifice are you and I prepared to make to have a relationship with him? He's given us the foundation, hasn't he? Eh? He's laid it bare. Here you go. You're my son. You're my daughter. Step into the kingdom. This is not about our salvation. This is solely about our relationship with him. How deep do we want to go? You know, if I go back to that passage of scripture I started with in Hebrews 12, 14, it starts with these words, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. We are struggling to live in peace with everyone. I can't like you, you like Fords. I can't like you, you, you vote Labour. I can't like you, you barrack for Collingwood. You know, we, we struggle even just to live in peace with people because they don't drink coffee. And yet the scripture goes on and says, and to be holy. And to be holy. And, and the word effort in, in the dictionary, in the Webster's Dictionary, means conscious work of power, hard work. Well, you can't use those words because it's not, you can't do anything for your salvation. It's not about that. Like, it's just so not. I know I'm saved. Thank you. Amen for that. I know I'm married. I know I've got kids. But depending on the hard work, the conscious work of power, the effort that I put in will determine what those relationships are like. I love God's grace. I live in that space we sow here at, at Family Life Church here at Mount Clear. We accept everyone for who they are. We love them the way that God loves them. We're not here to judge people. We're here to love people and let the Holy Spirit do the work of conviction, yeah? Man, we've had people up here that would, have, would never happen in some churches that lead us in worship into the presence of God. Yet if you knew their lives, some of you would think they can't be up there. Oh, yes, they can. Because we're a people and a church that's full of grace. But I'm not talking about the Father's love here. It takes a lot more effort to grow in our holiness than it does to react to our flesh. So instead of leaning on ourselves in our bodies, we should make every effort to be holy. We have to decide. You and I, we have to choose. We have to push through. If you love the matrix, we choose red pill, blue pill. We make the decision. Nobody else. So I'll submit what I think I should do for what God has called me to do. So I'll submit what I think I should do for what God has called me to do. Sometimes it takes more work to respond with God than to react in ourselves, in our emotions. You have to hear my heart here. Sometimes it requires simple, blind obedience. Not a word that I know a lot like, but sometimes obedience to what his word says is what we need to do until it becomes natural until it becomes natural. We don't become parents because we give birth to a child. We, we walk in it. We grow in it. We become better at it. My wife is, was a phenomenal mother from the moment that the boys were born. 
She's a phenomenal, outstanding mother. Now, we grow in it. We grow in our holiness. It might mean at the moment, if we're going to be intentional about about actually growing in holiness, it might mean that living holy is more about being obedient to him in the moment than what it is for our natural reaction and instinct. But that's okay because it has to start somewhere. Because we don't start off perfect. We go from glory to glory, strength to strength, transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Yeah? Until his ways become our ways. And you know what? Obedience is a beautiful thing to God. Scripture says it clearly, to obey is better than sacrifice. Blind obedience is not what we like though, hey? I, I struggle with that at home with the kids. Can you do this? Why? Can you just do it? Why? Why? Well, just because I said. Mel goes, why don't you explain to them why you're asking so they know and understand and then they'll do it because they should just blindly obey. Now, I know that's not going to work, okay? <laughs> I get that, right? But when it comes to the things of God, maybe sometimes we have to stop asking why and just blindly obey you know holiness it's not about being sinless but being set apart for God to use yeah because when the Bible speaks of holiness in the context of God it's actually referring to being sinless having nothing to do with sin but when it speaks of holiness yeah in context to us people you and I Now, the word's actually referring to us being set apart from the world so that God can use us for his glory. Now, you only have to look at at, at the story of David. And I know a few messages ago, I was talking about David and using him as an example. And we know all that David did wrong with Bathsheba. You know, you think about it. You know, he went out when all the women were coming out. So one, he already made a decision to go and perv, right? Like, so he was already out of tune with God. Then he sees one out of all the others that he particularly likes, and then he th- says, I'm going to get her, and while I'm at it, actually, I'm going to organize to take out the husband so she can be mine. We know that he wasn't right. But when it was finally brought to his attention and the penny dropped, da- David just didn't repent. He mourned, Yeah? He, he actually fell to the ground and mourned because he was so fearful of ruining the one thing that meant the most to him in all the world, his relationship with Father God. It wasn't even, you don't even read that he was sorry for what he did with Bathsheba and her husband. He was on the ground and it was like, Lord, I'm sorry that I did this to you. When was the last time in this age, 2021, the days of grace, that we've actually fallen to our knees and said, God, we're sorry. Wow, I didn't see it like that. I didn't think of it like that. I didn't know that that was what I was portraying. I didn't know that that was the example I was giving. I didn't know that I gave someone the license to do that through what I did. I didn't know. When was the last time? You know, Peter denies Jesus three times and he's like oh man no no 
I'm so, take, just take my life. I'm so sorry. God, Jesus, no. For fear of losing that relationship. You and I can't lose that relationship. Well, I believe free will. I believe you can choose to give the gift back. Others may say that's impossible. That's great. Live the life that you want to live. God doesn't treat us like puppets. He treats us like his children and he allows us to step into a relationship with him and he invites us to be holy. Would we, if something that we said or did or if it was presented to us by Holy Spirit, would we actually have a moment with Father and say, you know what? There's none like you, God. I'm so sorry. For me, it's not okay to do something that would grieve Abba. He's my father. You know, I love him. I love our worship because I feel like I'm in his presence. And I just want that to go on and on when I'm having moments with him, if I'm reading the word, if I'm at home, if I'm driving. You know, I wish that I could drive a kilometre with my eyes closed when I'm having one of those moments. Cruise control doesn't work like that yet. But it's not okay to do what my flesh wants and then just say sorry. It's just not, especially when you know. I know no one likes this particular part of Christianity or this message. (laughs) But it's not about what I can and what I can't do. I I just never want to do anything that would ever jeopardize my relationship with him. I do that enough already in the flesh with my friends and my family. Say something, do something, and then I've got to work on that to bring them in closer again. I've just offended someone, you know. I love him too much for that. He paid a high price for us. I will not, and I don't want to treat it as cheaply as that. I want to know him. I want to experience all of him. You know, I don't want a faith that's on paper only. I mean, it's a good book. It's the living word. But if these pages are just what I know about God and I haven't heard his voice and I haven't experienced his embrace and I haven't felt his comfort then these are just pages that mean nothing because there are Christians all over the world believers all over the world that have never had an encounter a real life tangible encounter with a God that's supposed to be alive and well and living I want that I want the stuff that these guys experience, these men and women of God that they experience with him. I want to experience that and be in that. When we're watching one of those speakers in front of their, you know, their multitudes and God's moving and they're healing, I want that. God's not doing stuff like that just because they're special. You and I, we're never going to be... <laughs> like Jesus we're being transformed into his image 
That's why 2 Corinthians 7.1 is such a beautiful passage of Scripture. It says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Yeah? You know, Paul's pointing to the goal that he wants us to reach, holiness. And he doesn't suggest that anyone will actually reach it, but, but he sets it almost as a standard towards God, that pursuit that he wants all believers to aim for. So my question is, do we want to aspire to being a holy people? Because holiness is important. And it's important because... The effect of becoming more holy is seeing more of God. And I want to see more of God because then people will see more of Him in me and through me. You know, holiness is displaying the beauty of our Heavenly Father for all eternity and we are called to share in that. We can't flex our way into this. We can't push our way into this. It wasn't my blood <laughs> that wiped away my sins. It was Jesus and Jesus only. But I want to live holy. You know those times? And this is, I want to finish because I'm just out of time. But Every one of us is different, yeah? So this is not about pointing the finger. It's not about do's and don'ts. But you know sometimes you're watching something on TV and then in your spirit something goes, ah, ah. And then you keep watching it and then your spirit inside you goes, ah, 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 Now, I say this very clearly. What I watch and what you watch are going to be two different things. And what I think's okay, you may not think's okay. And that's okay. But if Holy Spirit, the very one that helps us live a life that's holy, says to you, in anything that you are doing, uh -uh, then listen. If you're using words that you think are okay, and all of a sudden you go, fudge! Because that's not a swear word. But then Holy Spirit says to you, uh uh, then don't use it. Just listen to Holy Spirit. All he's trying to do is help you get closer and closer to God to purify yourself so that as you become more holy, people will see more of God in you. And so now I finally understand what holiness is. I have another reason to pursue holiness so that others will see him. Why don't we all stand I know this is such a life-giving message. I've had more amens today than ever before. Praise God, the coffee will be hot. It'll still cost you $3, but anyway. This is not just about pastors. It's not just about leaders. It's not just about those in worship teams. Yeah. He calls every believer to share in his holiness. Every single child of God. You know, we are most definitely stepping into an hour where persecution, I think, I think, is getting heavier and heavier and heavier. 
for those who stand and walk in the truth and particularly that walk in true holiness. But this invitation to live this way may cost you something. Yeah. It may cost you everything. If you're a missionary, you're being called overseas. Just, just the first step of faith alone is going to cost you everything. Yeah. It may cost you friends. You may miss out on your favourite TV show. Praise God, Holy Spirit doesn't talk to me about that TV show. You know what I'm saying, I hope. You know where I'm going. What are we prepared to do? What are we prepared to sacrifice? Where are we prepared to go? So that in 2022, our relationship with Father God isn't just a relationship we've had since we came to faith or since we were born into a Christian family, but our relationship with Father God has gone to a whole new level because we can't capture God in a square and when you think you've got all of God there's still more and when you think you've got all of God there's still more and when you think you've got all of God there's still more there's always white space yeah we just need to create white space so he can talk to our hearts again so why don't we pray let's see what he challenges us with this day this week this month father I just thank you that you are holy. I thank you that, Lord, everything about you, your majesty, God, your grace, who you are, your healing hand, God, heaven itself, the river that flows through heaven, the throne that you sit on, God, everything is holy. And God, and you invite us to share in that. God, I thank you that Lord, our salvation is secure. I thank you that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. I thank you that we are seated in heavenly places. I thank you that we are your children, God. We are your ambassadors here on earth. And I pray, Lord God, that each and every day we would hear your voice. I pray that we would be obedient, Lord, to allow you to cut us, to prune us, to shape us, Lord God, to transform us more into the image of your Son, Jesus. That with every waking moment, Lord God, the more in the image of Jesus we become, the more that people around us see Jesus in us and through us. I thank you, God, that we have an opportunity not just to live from you, but in you and for you. So God, as we make every effort, Lord God, to be holy, teach us. Lord, train us, lead us. Lord God, I pray. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for your children. I thank you for this house. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your son, Jesus. We look forward to celebrating your birthday in the days to come, Lord God. So we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. Before we go, we're going to share communion together really quickly for those that are online.